Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, December the 16th, 2021, and um, we are over halfway through the Advent season. So, yeah, so glad you guys are a part of the podcast and spending some time time in the Word of God. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, so today we're going to be reading out of... Uh, the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 18. Then we'll jump over to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 10 and following. And then Matthew 3. So Isaiah 9, 2 Peter 2, and Matthew 3. Yeah. Excited about it, man. Yeah, so this theme for the whole week has been prepare the way of the Lord. Um, Malachi 3, 1 has been the theme verse for this week of Advent. Behold, I send my messenger to prepare the way before me. And yesterday, I was thinking more about yesterday's readings. And the uh, the theme was, so I was thinking, thinking in terms of prepare the way of the Lord. Like what, what prepares the way of the Lord? And yesterday's theme was on basically pride and arrogance. And the idea of removing pride and arrogance as we prepare the way of the Lord. So what so that's a great sort of advent thought. Like, what do I need to remove to prepare the way of the Lord in my life? Um, and the readings yesterday kind of led us through the idea of, um, of pride and arrogance. Are there areas of pride in my life that I need to, to remove to prepare the way for the Lord's work? And so, let's see what today's is. <clears throat> Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Carolyn. Everybody, so glad to have you guys on. Uh, oh, and also, uh, apparently there was, even though the computer yesterday, those of you that were on yesterday know that the, the, uh, this computer, which is my son's computer that I'm recording this on, was kind of giving me a, getting, you know, I wasn't really sure what was happening because it was like, it kept, you know, usually when I'm recording, it counts down. It gives me how long it's been recording. But every time we get to like a minute and 20 seconds, it would go back to zero. So I didn't know if it was recording at all. But come to find out, it was fine. So if you listened to the podcast yesterday, you a couple of people were kind enough to give me some feedback and said, you know what, it was fine. We didn't even notice any hangups or glitches or anything. So, so anyway, of course, if you were on Facebook Live, it didn't matter because it didn't really affect this. But so anyway, uh, you know, travesty averted. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think we're up and running today. The clock. The weirdest thing was a little clock in the bottom right corner of your computer screen on Windows. You know, it gives you the time. Yesterday, it just was locked at 7.01. It never moved the whole time. Like I was frozen in time. It's like Twilight Zone or something. Remember that show? Remember that show, guys? Twilight Zone? Old show. Old show. But really kind of interesting. 
All right. You guys ready to do this? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. <clears throat> We're reading from the Minister's Prayer Book. It's a 1986 edition of uh, the the uh, Daily Devotion, and actually, count it's a it's a year long lectionary, multi year lectionary. So, <clears throat> so we're reading from year one, uh, the readings for Advent week three, and we are on Thursday. So happy Thursday, everybody. So here we go. Let's do it. Um, Isaiah chapter nine. Isaiah chapter nine, beginning at verse 18. Surely wickedness burns like a fire. Yes, it does. You know, just that enough right there. You just stop. You know, wickedness burns like a fire. Um, it spreads, man. It spreads like a fire. It, it destroys things that it touches. Um, and so the prophet is talking about uh, Israel in uh, in in his day that the wickedness was burning like a fire. It was spreading throughout the whole land. <clears throat> it consumes briars and thorns. It sets forest thickets ablaze so that it rolls upward in a cloud of smoke. You know, I've been, uh, there's an area we moved recently and there's an area in the back of our property, a little corner on the, on a little pond that was overgrown has been overgrown for years, uh, easily decades. So we cleared that area. Still a lot of work to do there. But one of the things we, do, we, I've been doing for, seems like every weekend for the last three weekends is raking up old briars and dead wood and leaves and limbs that have been trimmed. And so, and then, and burning it, burning all these, these briars and limbs and it, it's always, it's amazing to me how these, I mean, I had probably six huge piles of debris. And all of that after burning was, uh, was left to a small two by two foot pile of ashes. Like, and probably only six inches high. And I right? I mean, so that whole area of land was covered by branches that was reduced by fire to like, ashes you could put in a small pail. Wow. And here Isaiah is saying, surely wickedness burns like a fire. It sets forests thickets ablaze. It rolls upward like a cloud of smoke. And then verse 19 is a parallel. By the wrath of the Lord Almighty, the land will be scorched and the people will be fuel for the fire. They will, he, they will not spare one another. They're going to destroy each other. That's what wickedness does, man. You start destroying each other. You start eating each other. By the wrath of... Uh, verse 20. On the right, they will devour, but still be hungry. On the left, they will eat and still not be satisfied. Each will feed on the flesh of their own offspring. Now, he's not talking literally. They're not literally going to eat each other. He's, they're going to devour each other. They're going to kill each other. They're going to just ruin each other's lives. That's what wickedness does. Manasseh will feed on Ephraim and Ephraim on Manasseh. Together they will turn against Judah. So the northern tribes of Israel are going to eat each other, destroy each other. Then they're going to turn and start devouring Judah, the southern kingdoms. Yet for all this, his anger is not turned away. His hand is not, his still, his hand is still upraised. The, just painting a picture of, of unbridled wickedness. 
and God, that's what, what's, that's what the Lord says in Romans, right? That God's judgment is this, that he lets men have their way. He lets people have their way. What's the judgment of God? The judgment of God is not that he's out um, um, actively destroying people or things. No, the, the judgment of God is that his gracious hand of mercy is withheld. And when that gracious hand of mercy and intervention is withheld and allows human beings to have their way, they will inevitably destroy themselves. Look around. <laughs> Look around. I mean, we, you know, we talk about, you know, um, you know, the, the goodness of humanity. And there's plenty of goodness of humanity, but humanity left on its own will uh, will destroy itself. Uh, way back in the day, Thomas Jefferson, when he started the University of Virginia, uh, he, he was idealistic, Thomas Jefferson, you know, founding father of our, our nation. Uh, and so he wanted to, he didn't want to write any rules uh, in terms of like governing behavior uh, for the people, for the students. You can read about it at the University of Virginia um, because people were good. Thomas Jefferson thought innately people would be good. And uh, so after a... Um, brawl that broke out at University of Virginia way, way, way back in the day, uh, he reconsidered his position. <laughs> he reconsidered his position. <laughs> he was like, no, we, we better have a few rules. <laughs> because people left to their own, they will fight each other. They will eat each other. They will destroy each other. They will oppress the poor. The strong will destroy the weak. Verse 10, or chapter 10. Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees. There you go. To deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. That's what people do. What will you do on the day of reckoning when disaster comes from afar? To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your riches? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. You see what he's doing right there? He's like, on the day of reckoning, you've been relying on riches. You've been using riches as your source of pride and your source to, uh, as a tool to oppress the poor and to, to, uh, to treat uh, the, the, uh, the vulnerable uh, unjustly. Where are you going to hide your riches when uh, the wrath of God comes? Mm. <laughs> where, are you, where, are you, where are you going to store your riches when the when the wrath of God comes to, to when the uh, day of reckoning comes? Man, <laughs> that's what the prophets man they could they had a way with words didn't they? They had a way with words make you oh make you stop. Nothing will remain verse four but to cringe among the captives, or fall among the slain. Yet for all this, his anger is not turned away. His hand is still upraised. It ain't done yet. So, until, it's interesting. So we think of this, this overarching thought of prepare the way of the Lord. Seems to me one of the themes right now then is uh, on justice. How do I prepare the way of the Lord? Uh, I need to be, uh, on the side of justice, I need to I need to care about justice and fairness. Uh, I should care when uh, I should be offended when guilty people are set free, and I should be offended when innocent people are wrongly accused. Both of those should offend us. 
Um, we've talked many times in our on our daily prayer morning podcast, uh, and that doesn't mean just if they agree with you. Like if they have the same, you know, if they stand, if they're in the same party as you, or they they stand on the same side as you with an issue, that, that doesn't matter, right? It should be about I I should be bothered like God is bothered when the guilty go unpunished, and I should be bothered when the innocent suffer unjustly, regardless of whether they're they share my political affiliation, whether they share my opinion on the vaccine or not the vaccine, whether they share my opinion about uh, this or that. I should care about innocence and justice and guilt and punishment. I should care about those things because God does. Both of those things um, God cares about. And so preparing the way of the Lord is asking myself, Lord, where where is there... Um, where do I wink at injustice? And we all do, guys. We all do. We all have these areas where we kind of shade. Like in some areas, we want one more mercy. Then we want justice. Um, and usually it's when it works to our advantage. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> so, Lord, help me to care. Help me to care about, about things, you know, that you care about. <clears throat> Second Peter chapter two, verse 10. Bold and arrogant, they are not afraid to heap abuse on celestial beings. Yet even angels, though they are stronger and more powerful, do not heap abuse on such beings when bringing judgment on them from the Lord. But these people blaspheme the matters that they do not understand. They are like unreasoning animals. <laughs> Creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed, and like animals, they they too will perish. Mm. This is the depraved mind, right? The unconverted, the uh, unsaved, uh, uh, the unsanctified heart. That's how they act. Verse 13, they will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. Justice, guys, this is justice. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their pleasures while they while they feast with you. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in greed and accursed and accursed brood. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Bezer, who loved the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey an animal without speech, who spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. Wow. Just talking about unbridled human sinfulness, just going crazy, even among the prophets, where uh, the donkey had to stop him <laughs> from, his, from, his, from his craziness. Matthew chapter 3. Let's see what Matthew has to say. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one, here we go, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. That's what John the Baptist came to do, make straight the path for the Lord. Verse 4, John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. 
His food was locusts and wild honey. Man. Mm. Locusts. Locusts and wild honey. I don't, I don't even sound right. Locusts and wild honey. People went out from him, went out to him, to went, went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, "You brood of vipers!" So, so John the Baptist is using this term that was way back in the Old Testament for those who didn't care about justice, who, those who didn't care about the things that God cared about. They were preoccupied with their own stuff. Um, and you think about, um, so it's, it sounds like the message today is justice, right? Justice. You brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? <laughs> He's referring back. I mean, he's, he's referencing Isaiah, right? The Who will save you from the coming wrath, right? That's what Isaiah said. Where will you hide your riches? Mm. Where will you, or where will you store your riches when the coming wrath comes? The the uh, the, uh, the uh, silliness of that, right? The silliness of that. The, the insignificance of that. The insignificance of riches in the light of justice. Wow. Like, if you don't care about the things God cares about, how do you think your money is going to save you? Hmm. It won't. Verse 8, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. We were just talking about this, <clears throat> you know, that was uh, recently about, you know, that was part of the problem with um, that, you know, the prophets uh, had to continue to remind the people of Israel and now continue to have to remind people of the church um, that it's sort of that sentiment. We're Abraham's seed, so I, we're all going to be saved. We're all we're all good. No, no, never. It never There's never been. Uh, it's never been a biblical uh, lesson that just because you're born certain way, you're going to be saved. That's never been the case. Not even Israel. No. Romans speaks very clearly about this. That even within Israel, there's always been the remnant, those who truly loved God, not just by birth, but by heart. They didn't have a, just a circumcision. I get it out in a minute. Not just a circumcision of the flesh, but they had a circumcision of the heart. And the ones that were truly saved were the ones who, who've had a circumcision of the heart, which means what? Their heart is devoted to the Lord, not because they were born in a certain place who had certain parents. No, never. It's never been that case. And so here, John the Baptist is reminding them, look, just because you're a Pharisee, just because you're Jewish, just because you know all these religious laws and and you and customs and you have a place of power and oh, you're you know, you're Abraham's child doesn't mean that you're saved. Watch what he says. I tell you that one of these stones God can raise up children of for Abraham. God, God could raise up a stone to be a child of Abraham. That's not, that's not what matters. What ultimately matters is the heart, your devotion, your obedience. Verse 10, the ax is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not 
produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Do you see the parallels, guys, between Isaiah's passage and this? We start off with this idea of burning of wood and, and how it scorches the land and how it clears and the wrath of God and the judgment of God is, is going to clear all of that. And here, John the Baptist is bringing that same theme back from Isaiah of preparing the way of the Lord. And sometimes the preparation for the way of the Lord is you got to clear the land. You got to clear the land of injustice. You got to clear the land of wickedness and, and so that justice can reign. And he says, what? The ax is already at the root of the trees. We're about to cut down some trees and put them on the fire. Every tree that does not produce good fruit will, will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What's well, the trees, man? The trees of people, we, us. If our lives are not, you know, repentance and preparation for the Lord. Verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning the chaff with the unquenchable fire. Whoo! Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> you know what? I love it. I love sometimes they just read the word of God. And, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, Christmas is so filled with sentimentality and, and all of that stuff, which I love, but it's also good to just have a good dose of reality to throw the other side. Like it's not just little babies in mangers and, and, you know, everybody singing silent night, holy night. It's also about the ax is already at the root of the tree, which Jesus is coming was a judgment. People's eternal destinies would be determined by their response to that child that became a man, savior of the world. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. That's why it's such a big deal. He wasn't just any child. He was God in flesh. He was the one who came to make the crooked places straight. Yes. To set things that, to do the cosmic, the, the, the global work, the universal work of justice. To make wrongs right. To do that, man, you got you to gotta chop down some wood. Come on. To do that, you got to chop down some wood. You don't do that without pain. You don't do that without pain. I know sometimes, man, I hear people say this all the time. And I used to, I've said it. I've said it. Confession, I've said it. It's like, you know, Jesus, Jesus didn't just come for sin management. If you just think that Jesus just came for sin management, that's a, that's a woeful understatement of what Jesus came to do. He didn't came j just to deal with sin and to manage, you know, the problem of sin. That's true. I mean, if you think that all that all that Jesus is about is, you know, getting your ticket punched for heaven, then you, you're missing a big piece of what Jesus came to do. Uh, you know, justice, righteousness, peace, joy, uh, reconciliation, restoration. He came to do a lot of things like that. But look, here's what I think is the undercurrent in that, though, sometimes is that there's when people say stuff like and I don't say it as much as I used to. When people say, you know, Jesus didn't just come to punch your ticket for heaven. Jesus didn't just come to deal with sin. I think what's embedded in that is a woeful underestimation of the problem of sin. A woeful underestimation of the problem of sin. Oh, Jesus didn't just come to deal with sin. Uh, do you realize what a big problem that is? <laughs> you, you make it sound like that's not a big deal. Like, 
Uh, like that's just a, you know, a minor issue. No, that is a huge issue. People will eat each other. They will kill each other. They will destroy each other. They are greedy. They are self-centered. Yeah, the problem with the world is 99% sin. So, yeah, yeah, Jesus did kind of come to deal with the sin problem because that is the problem. <laughs> the problem. Christmas reminds us of that, right? For unto you this day in the city of David, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Luke chapter 2. Reminder of Savior, right? He didn't send you a, a counselor. He didn't send you a, you know, a, a buddy. He didn't send you a little baby doll. <laughs> if, if God sent you a savior, it's because you need one, right? It's because we need one to save us, save us from our sin and to, re to redeem us. And so when Jesus comes, it was at the ax at the bottom of the wood, right? I mean, God sent Jesus to save sinners. That's why he came. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. So, yeah. So, good reminder today. Preparing the way of the Lord. Justice. Righteousness. One of the great things about Jesus coming into our lives is he helps us to, to have a sensitivity and an understanding of, of his heart and what he cares about. And justice and righteousness. And making things right. And, um, and merciful and kind and those things too. But I also care about um, those crooked places, making them straight which is a metaphor for justice to make the crooked places straight, to make them right, to make them true. So it's awesome. So today let's, let's pray. Let's pray that Lord give us a heart for justice, for rightness. Um, yeah. Like, like God has. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. You guys know what we do. We read, we pray, we change the world. We read some powerful words from the word of God. Let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your goodness and grace. Lord, we thank you that you did come to save sinners of which each one of us are part. Lord, so thank you for coming to save us and redeem us. Lord, um, God, we pray that we would have a heart like yours for, uh, for justice. Lord, that we would care about um, guilt and innocent. Um, that we would uh, be have an honest weighing of the scales that we would not tip the scales in any direction towards our opinions, through our biases, but we would, we would work to have a perspective of justice and fairness so that we can be a witness in this world, uh, a true witness of who you are and what you care about. Lord, I pray for my friends today. I pray you would bless them and encourage them and strengthen them today. Um, may you uh, show them in your amazing grace and power, uh, how you love them and care for them. Lord, thank you so much for this time together to pray, to read your word. We thank you for it. And now may you go with us today, Lord, to be your hands and feet um, and bring. And may we bring glory to your name in each and everything we do today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Morning prayer. Love you guys. Hope you uh, join us again next time. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing.
sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.